Welcome to the Arts at the Arms podcast. Arts at the Arms was set up to support and showcase high quality new work by Yorkshire-based creatives. For our first step into the digital world, we are launching our introducing series, focusing on short pieces of art from some of the best of Yorkshire talent, whether it be song, poetry, stand-up or drama. After each piece, we'll be having a brief chat with the artist so you can get to know them a little better. A big thanks to Red Ladder Theatre Company for all their wonderful support. We hope you enjoy listening. In episode two of our introducing series, we're really excited to present A Lockdown Surprise, a short monologue written by local artist S.J. Bradley. A Lockdown Surprise, written by S.J. Bradley. I don't know where to start, really. We were meant to be doing all this extreme stuff, white knuckle stuff for Jed's 40th, white water rafting, caving in disused mines, scrambling up Ben Nevis. It's because we don't have children that we can do it. If there's one good thing that's come out of the past few years, that's it. It could fall halfway down a mountain and break both arms, and sure, it would be painful, but at least it wouldn't mean that he couldn't pick up his own baby. Of course, we had to cancel all that, and the party. I'd gone through his Facebook, invited almost everybody he knew. School friends, uni friends, and once the word got out, people started contacting me. Old workmates, a couple of girls I didn't know about. Broke my heart to have to cancel it. I kept thinking, now, on his birthday weekend, instead of partying with all his friends, we'd be indoors, staring at four walls. After I'd gone to all that trouble, hearing from all these people I didn't know he knew, I was seething about it. And do you know what I thought? I thought, I'm going to throw him a party anyway. It'll still be a surprise. It'll just be the two of us. So I went on the internet, ordered party stuff, helium balloons, party favours, champagne, party poppers, indoor fireworks. We were both working from home, so it was, it was hard to hide everything. Every time a delivery came to the door, I said it was a new pair of shoes. How many pairs do you need when you're not even going anywhere, he said. Turns out it's quite hard to hide a surprise party from someone you live with. I also wanted to order a cake, you know the sort, the one with a photo on it. But I had to find a photo first. There are drawers we never go into. We've got things in there from our old uni days, and old jobs, photos. So, when I went into the drawer, there was all this stuff. Letters and Polaroids, clothes, knickers, a bra. It was all hers. One of the girls who'd contacted me on Facebook. Love notes, photographs, silly gifts, you know the sort that you give to someone that you love. I sent her a photo of the bra and the knickers and I asked her, are these yours? And she said, yeah. Don't worry, she said. It's all over. It was years ago. But then why has he kept it? All this time? Turns out I'm not the only one keeping secrets. So on his birthday, I got him to wait upstairs. I put all the stuff for the party on the coffee table. The cake, the streamers, the indoor fireworks. There wasn't anyone to jump out from behind the sofa, so I got ready to surprise him. I sent him a text, come downstairs, it's all ready. He came downstairs and there I was, in my coat, with my bags around me, waiting. 
What's this? he says. Why don't you unwrap your presents? I said. So we did. First present, her knickers. He gets this face on him sometimes, like he's about to be sick. What's the matter? Don't you like it? Uh, it's, it's not what you think. Second present, her bra. He did this sick face again. I said to him, this is your last birthday that we're spending together. After this party, I'm leaving. Barely even touched his birthday cake. I think he'd lost his appetite. She'd been holding a baby, you see, in one of her profile photos on Facebook. I'd downloaded it, put it on top of his cake, alongside one of his own baby photos from the album. Same face. There's no denying it. He tried to claim at first that he didn't know anything about the child, but he isn't a very good liar. I picked up my bags, buttoned up my coat. I'm going to my mum's. Don't you try and contact me. So no, I don't expect this year to be a whole barrel of laughs, but next year I'll be turning 40 and I'll be celebrating it in style. 180 pounds of deadweight lighter and celebrating at a huge party on top of a mountain. In A Lockdown Surprise, written by S.J. Bradley, Elena was played by Jeanette Percival. Produced by Dermot Daly. This is an Arts at the Arms production. Hello and welcome to the Arts at the Arms Introducing Series. I'm your host today, I'm James Underwood, and I'm here today with S.J. Bradley, who is the writer of A Lockdown Surprise. Hi, S.J. Hi, James. Should we start with an easy question, or hopefully an easy one? Uh, where are you from? Um, I'm from Wakefield originally, but I'm adop- and I'm adoptive um, Leeds Leodentian. I've been here what? for, um, oh, it's scary to think about it. I've been here for nearly 20 years now. Oh, wow. I've, I've been here for 13 myself, so I'm not sure at what point I stop having this southern accent and they start <laughs> as a proper Yorkshire person. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, so... You're a writer, uh, you wrote your brilliant piece for us, A Lockdown Surprise. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit before we came on the pod about how you do lots of different sorts of writing. So would you just be able to talk us through uh, what your sort of style is as a writer, the sort of things you normally do? It'd be great to hear about that. Yeah, thanks, James. Um, I'm really pleased that you're producing this piece. Um, writing for performance is something that's a bit new to me. As I said before I came on, I started out writing short stories actually. Um, My first ever publications were short stories in anthologies and magazines and um, over the past five or six years I've had two novels published as well through independent presses in the north of England. Oh wow, give us the names where we can, uh, yeah, let's let's take your novels while we're here. Yeah, my most recent novel guest is available through Dead Ink Books which is a Liverpool small press publisher um it's a it's based on true stories so um during well from the 60s onwards and as recently as the 90s and the noughties um many um progressive groups and left-wing groups were infiltrated by undercover police who deceived women into relationships and these relationships sometimes resulted in children and um i i wrote a novel based on having read news stories and done a bit of research about that 
That's an incredible concept, yeah. Uh, I'd read about the stories about the guy who had done it in the sort of environmental groups. I imagine that was, well, yeah, it sounds like it was more common than you'd think, doesn't it? It's, um, It's really, really quite shocking. There's an inquiry going on at the moment where lots of these stories are coming out and it does seem to have been a lot of environmental groups that were the focus of this type of policing. Mm-hmm. Um, not not only them, but, you know, a lot a lot of environmental groups. And it's quite um, shocking to hear some of the stories that have started to come out. And um, it, it does seem to have happened to a lot of women. Um, and it's really, I, I don't think even in the inquiry, we know we will ever know the full extent of what happened. I imagine the culture of secrecy amongst the police who were involved in that sort of thing and getting to the truth is probably a very hard thing for all the people involved. Yes, well, one of the things that's happened is that some of the police officers have been granted anonymity, which makes it really hard for the women who were affected by it to know, to come forward with their stories. Mm. So, yeah, there's that whole culture of secrecy around it that, that makes it hard to know the full extent of it. But yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating stories. And I think often when I write fiction, I think you don't really need to make stuff up because there's so so much weird stuff that happens in real life. And that's kind of core core to my fiction writing philosophy, if you like. Oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, it sounds like a really sort of fertile ground, but also uh, shocking that it was really happening. But as you say, sometimes the uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Um, so talking about real life inspiring sort of your work do you want to talk to us a little bit about a lockdown surprise and what sort of inspired you to write that and some of the ideas behind it yeah well um, I'll try not to do any spoilers um (laughs) (laughs) when the lockdown was announced I was put onto furlough from my day job so I have like many writers I have a day job that supports my writing and it was really good for my writing because I had a lot of time to, to spend on my work and to watch theatre plays and, and all the rest of it. Um, and like everyone else, I was also in multiple WhatsApp groups with my friends and my family and finding out what was happening for other people during the course of this lockdown. And I was reading a lot of um, message boards as well. I find relationship boards on the internet just really fascinating people's lives it gives you a great insight sometimes into the way other people live, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely astonishing. And, you know, you get um, um, people are in such um, crazy situations, you almost can't believe it. But um, one of the things that kept coming up in a lot of these relationship boards during the course of the pandemic is how hard it is to keep a secret from someone when you're with them 24 hours a day. So I kept reading stories about people who have been married for 15 years or 20 years and their husband or their wife has had a secret, whether that's an affair, um, it's something significant that happened to them before they were married. And and they've kept this secret for many, many years. But during lockdown, they couldn't keep it anymore because they were both in the house and the the wife or the husband would have, you know, like... um, one of the things that I did at home during the pandemic was clear all my drawers out, you know, because we were in the house, we were a bit bored. So we went through all the mystery drawers and all the drawers of, drawers of crap that you have in the house. Everyone was at it. Everyone was clearing their drawers out. Um, I don't have any secrets from my husband and he doesn't have any secrets from me. I would have found him if he had because <laughs> of clearing these drawers out. But through this process of um, 
reading about other people's relationships and some of the stuff that had come out. Um, one of the most shocking ones I read was about this woman who found out that her husband had literally been stalking her for two years before she'd started dating him. Oh, wow. He'd, um, you know, gone through, looked her up on her company website, looked up all her social media, found out what kind of things she liked and how to present himself as the ideal boyfriend. So that when they supposedly met on a dating app, he could... He was already... He could be the perfect guy. Wow. Um, and she found out about this during lockdown. Um, so I was just really fascinated by this. And I just, I like to use a simple symbol in my fiction. And the idea of clearing out a drawer was one of them that intersected with my real life and with some of these stories that I'd read. I think that's a brilliant way to have approached it, that you've gone from that sort of element of truth to create fiction, but then it's got such a truthful ring about it. And yeah. As someone who has been under lockdown with my wife, who obviously, yeah, I don't have any secrets, but uh, <laughs> yeah, if we had, we'd have found them right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. We're in a small flat, so there's not much, uh, not much space in these. No to, room to hide anything. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, that's really interesting to hear the story behind the story. Yeah. So just to carry on talking a bit more about your writing, uh, could you talk to us about sort of people who influence you it could be writers or it could be people from different fields um different creative fields that you might find interesting or have an influence on your work well I do like to um make things out of real things if you like so you know a lot of my influences are very ordinary things you know reading the newspaper reading gossip magazines magazines like take a break and stuff like that and um as I said, the WhatsApp groups and the Zoom chats that I've had with people. Some of my friends and family know never to tell me anything because it might end up in a story <laughs> or novel later on. Um, so, so I'm very inspired by ordinary life. Um, in terms of writing for performance this time around, one of the things that I was doing a lot during lockdown is watching the plays that were being streamed by National Theatre Live and that appeared on iPlayer. So... Yeah. Um, I ended up watching quite a bit, watching and reading quite a bit of Shakespeare during lockdown, which was hugely helpful. When I watched Shakespeare, I, um, <laughs> oh, this is going to make me sound so, um, I don't know, provincial, but I watch it with the subtitles on and I read along with the text as well. Oh, no, I think that. That deep dive probably really helps you get a grip of like what's going on with it sometimes, I think, yeah. I find it so helpful because um, I don't know a lot of, well, until recently I didn't know a lot of Shakespeare's work, but I find it really helpful to watch it with the subtitles on and to read the text alongside it because it, I find it easier to follow that way. I've learned a different language before and sometimes it does feel like a different language, doesn't it? So yeah. like. I sometimes have watched um, a foreign language film, but with the foreign language subtitles, just because, yeah, yeah, with people's accents, with all the sort of like different emphasis, it's hard to sort of like get it sometimes the first time around. So I imagine that gives you a really sort of deep understanding of what the text is saying and all that it, sort of stuff. It does. And one of the things that I really like about it as well, if you're reading the text along, when you get to the bits with the really, you know, he's, he's really known for his... Um, um, monologues when people expand on their thoughts mm. um if you're watching it in, in a theater or 
on the screen, you don't always get the chance to really delve into that. So what I do is I bookmark those bits. I'll car carry on watching the show and then later on I'll come back and I'll read the monologues again and so that I can really understand what they are. Um, and I, I think that really helped a lot in writing some of this, this stuff, um, the, the lockdown surprise, um, because there's so much story in a Shakespeare play. You know, there's always new stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, it's got a real density to it sometimes, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think um, to, you need a lot of story, even if in a very short piece. You know, there needs to be drama and stuff happening. I thought that was one of the strengths of your piece was the fact that, uh, and Chris mm. uh, O'Connor of Arts of the Arms as well, was yeah. saying how hard it is to sort of, yeah, again, trying to avoid any spoilers for people who are listening <laughs> to you, uh, hearing the piece, uh, but how hard it is within that three-minute sort of call-out that we did to get that sort of full arc of that twist and that sort of turn of the drama of it. And, uh, yeah, I feel like your piece really does that, so that was really great. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, just one of, one of the things that I've really admired and I'd – in the plays that I've been able to watch is how really skilled dramatists can make a lot of um, story out of something very simple. Um, and the, the structure really helps with that and making sure there are surprises and unexpected bits, you know? Yeah. And I think in a way having the challenge of having to do it in that smaller window, probably <laughs> in a way, forces you to be creative in a different way, doesn't it? Because you've got to try and sort of tell your story within those restrictions. Yeah, um, and maybe this is where my background in writing short fiction comes in useful as well, because you, in a short story, you don't have a lot of space. You have to make the story happen straight away. It is a slightly different format, because in the world of um, short, the short story, you can go in a bit more into a character's internal world, um, but you don't have a lot of words so you can't waste time mm. you know I always like that in a piece whether it be something shorter or even something longer mm. um I always think of it um I always use the film Ex Machina as an example that mm. where you don't, don't have to do a massive setup sometimes you can sort of treat the audience as grown-ups and just go here's the concept as it progresses you'll start to get into it and yeah, yeah. And dive straight in I, I like that. I like films that don't explain themselves too much. You just sort of have to make sense of it as they go along. I think um, the other film that is really great um, in that way is Locke. I don't know if you've seen that one, F film starring Tom Hardy, where he's um, basically, it's an entire film set in a car. He's driving down the motorway. You don't know where he's going to initially. And as he drives, he makes a series of phone calls, one to his wife and one to somebody else. And through these phone calls you gradually find out what's happened and where he's, where he's going to and why he's going there. And it's just uh, terrific to generate an entire 90-minute, 100-minute film out that's, that's um, basically centred around one character and two, two important people in their lives. That sounds really clever. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> That, that flows nice on to my next question, which is about recommending things. So yeah. as this series is about sort of supporting uh, creatives in West Yorkshire or, well, Yorkshire as a whole, um, do you have any writers or playwrights or actors or even musicians who you'd recommend? 
Oh, crikey. Um, I could talk for hours about this. I think there's a lot of talent in West Yorkshire, as I said before we came on. Um, uh, one playwright whose work I've always admired is Zodwa Nione, whose um, play Nine Lives, I think, was recently um, put back onto streaming, so you can watch that. Um, she's really talented. Um, she had a play, Boy Boy is Dead. You, you know her yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw Ode to Leeds at the Playhouse, and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, she's terrific. So I recommend her. Who else? Um, I've got a friend called Richard Smith who writes terrific short fiction, whose work I love. Um, I absolutely love, um, there's a short fiction writer called Sarah Brooke, whose stories I really like a lot. Um, and Lizzie Hudson, they're two writers that I that I love. Um, and there's a, there's a writer from... Manchester sort of Lancaster way called Claire Dean who writes a lot of quite spooky fiction um, she primarily does short fiction and I really really like her work a lot um, I have been reading a lot of novels during <laughs> during lockdown and in fact this year generally I've been stopping in the house a lot yeah I think it's a fairly common occurrence I think that yeah this year yeah so so more so than local writers, I ended up downloading and reading a lot of the classics from Project Gutenberg. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. So I read a lot of Jane Austen novels, Anna Kar- Karenina, and I also read Journal of the Plague Year, which is a brilliant year, brilliant book to read. <laughs> Very topical, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's it's quite um, frightening. This The, the um, Journal of the Plague Year is about um, the Black Death, which was in London in the 1600s. Um, no, late late 1500s, sorry. Um, and what is quite um, amazing about it is how many similarities there are between that era and, and this and how many of the same things happened. You know, he writes about um, people in London deciding whether or not to stay in the city or to try and get out to the country. Yeah, and he ended up being trapped in London because he dilly-dallied too long mm. and ended up being stuck there. So it's a it, really, really interesting read. Um, but oh. Oh, also let me recommend the novel Black Rain Falling by Jacob Ross, who's a terrific, terrific writer. And she's not local, but I read it this year and I loved it. Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. So yeah, those are my recommendations. I won't go on too much. Oh. I could make loads. <laughs> no, no, that's great. I love your passion for it. It's brilliant <laughs> to hear. Great stuff there. Really interesting. Um, okay, so we'll move from people to places. So this will be my last question, but I think it's quite an open one. So okay. with live events being, well, heavily restricted in most of the country and non-existent in others, uh, like we are at the moment, yeah. um, could you give me a venue that you can't wait to get back to. It could be a theatre, it could be a pub, it could be a music venue, just somewhere where you feel that like, you always go there and you really feel excited by the creativity on show. Oh, yikes. I think I'm going to go on a bit of um, a pub and theatre crawl when all this is over. It sounds like an excellent plan. <laughs> Very key. Um, I've been really, really cautious this year and I've seen very few people and been to very few places even during the time when we could. Um, mm. So I've basically been within, probably within two miles of my own home throughout most of this. 
a couple of the places that I really miss, the Cardigan Arms. Oh, yeah, it's such a... Such a wonderful pub. And I remember when the Cardigan Arms used to be a scary pub. It's not a scary pub now. It's really lovely. They have great beers, great wines, and it's um, a terrific place. So I can't wait to go back there. Um, The one that I'm really missing around Christmas time is the Victoria. Ah, yeah. On Great George Street, which is such a lovely wintry pub to go to. Um, with its booths and they sometimes have a jazz night sometimes all the dark wood and the brass yeah, yeah. Be- beautiful pub and, and one place that i've has been really really supportive i used to run the northern short story festival and one venue that was very very supportive was the carriage works so i have a lot of good memories of being there and i, I will love to go back when it opens up again oh uh, yeah i've got a lot of love for the carriage works i haven't performed there myself and it's yeah, it's a lovely building and there's some really great people who work there, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, really special place. Oh, well, that was a great <laughs> answer and it's been really lovely to chat to you. Um, so the last thing I will do is ask you if there's anything you want to promote or if you want people to follow you on social media or you don't want people to start following <laughs> on social media. Uh, don't follow me. <laughs> um, you don't want anyone trying to stalk you as per the story you told us earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well i i'm already married so there's not really much you know there's not really much fruit to be had in stalking me in the hopes that i will marry you later because i'm already married um so <laughs> i'm sure nobody would but anyway yes please do follow me on twitter i'm at bradley books you can also go to my website which is sjbradleybooks.com if you would like to buy my novel you can buy it direct from the publisher dead ink books it's called guest there are still copies left so yes please buy that if you want and i think um i think that's about it well all that's left to say is thank you very much for your submission uh we all really enjoyed a lockdown surprise and thank you very much for being a part of uh, the arts of the arms introducing series thank you james (laughs) 